Hey, Jason, you know I love acronyms, right? And we've got the Making Chips acronym book, right? Yeah, so what do you want to add to it? Well, it's called FSBS. Are you swearing in that I one? I am not swearing in that. And it's all about Pro Shop ERP. So what does it mean? What we're using. It's for- Let me guess. The S means shop. For shops- by shops. Well, that's how that software was made. It was. Shop floor guys developed this software, and let me tell you, it is no BS. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, You can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Jason Jay-Z Zenger. I love using that acronym, Jay-Z. It sounds so (laughs) rock star-ish. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, it feels good. Although I have no aspiration to be a rock star. No, I do. I always wanted to be one, but... I'm not going to do one at my age, that's for sure. I'm not going to be one at my age, but I am a recording artist. Did you know that? I guess if you consider this recording. We are. Yeah. are, are yeah. Do we have microphones in our hands? We do. Are we recording? Yeah. So there, we're recording our There artists. you go. You have met your dreams. I've met my dreams. So before we get into this episode, Jason and I talk about this a lot offline. And Jason wanted me to share today with you, the Metalworking Nation, my techniques at onboarding a new manufacturing employee in, in my shop. And I don't necessarily think it's rocket science, but obviously he thinks it's interesting enough that I can share it with all of you. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to share with you what I do, and maybe you can pick and choose what you want to use in your companies, and and hopefully it will equip and inspire you to do something a little bit better than you were doing yesterday. So that's what I'm going to share with you today, and I hope you enjoy it. But before we get there... Jason, tell me what's new at Zenger Black. So what is going on at Zenger's is that we just delivered a new vending machine for a new client to Oklahoma. Cool. Yeah, so we just shipped a vending machine down to Oklahoma, and we're going to be doing an integration. What is it called, MRO? What do you mean, MRO? What is that process called when you're vending? Well, it's part of our VIP process, so vending integration productivity. So what we do is we typically put in a vending machine, which is like an automated tool crib attendant, and then we integrate ourselves into our clients' processes in order to help them to increase their productivity. So we just shipped a machine to Oklahoma, and my team's going to be going out there, including myself, to onboard this new Customer. Oh, was that why when we walked in here today, you said one of your employees that, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Oklahoma. No, I said, are you ready to go to Oklahoma next week? And he was like, sure, if you want to. And we're not going next week. We're going soon, but not next week. But yeah, it's a new new client. We're doing something outside of the city of Chicago, which is, which is fun and exciting. It was somebody that was a Making Chips listener who I'm going to interview while I'm down there as well, because I think he's got a great story. Kind of like our one of our previous episodes, he's new to the manufacturing industry. He wasn't a pastor, but he used to be in the private equity business, and I think he's got a lot of experience that would be helpful for the, the metalworking nation. Well, it's important to have a little bit of business acumen, too, Yes, because those are, those are really hard skills that, no matter what industry you go into, are going to be helpful mm-hmm. in, in running a business. You can tweak some of the other things about manufacturing your own way, and you're going to have to learn the hard way 
about the industry, but at the end of the day, just having a solid business acumen. Yeah. There's certain it, business it, things that are just consistent in any industry. Like fi- reading financial statements. Right, exactly. Profit and loss. Are you and, making money or not yeah, making money? Managing your team, leading them, culture, them accountable, culture, all, those all that things. kind of yeah. great stuff. So yeah, so we're going to be going down to Oklahoma and it's going to be fun to open up that territory for our business. He's going to introduce me to some new prospective clients out there. Maybe we'll have you know an office in Oklahoma pretty soon. Cool. So I just wanted to share with the Metalworking Nation before we move on here, There's a lot of other information that you all can get if you subscribe to our Boring Bar, which is our weekly newsletter. And it's really easy to subscribe. We're not going to spam you. We just send you a weekly email, and it's got other little tidbits of information within that email to some curated news articles. We have some great writers on our team, and they're really writing inspirational articles about the industry and day-to-day business that we think that you would benefit from reading. And there's also vlogs and in other information there. It's not too in-depth. Believe me, if it was, I would put it- It's a short read. It's a short read. I don't like long reads, but just- Pick up your smartphone and text CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S, to 38470. Boom, you're subscribed. And I promise we won't spam it. If you don't want the email anymore, you can unsubscribe. That and, easy. and you know what I love about the Boring what, Bar? What? Is that it will forward you to our YouTube channel where you can see videos that we've done before. And so people can actually see you, Jim. Yeah, I know. And see me My old face. instead of just listening to us. And if anybody wants to know, Jim is the one with the beard. I am not. Some days I have a beard. No, no, I mean you're that the one with the long beard. That was Chris Fox. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I sometimes I have a beard, but it's more scruffy. You're than not anything. the guy with the long beard. No, I am not the oh. guy. With Are you the, the long guy with beard. the goatee? No, no Who's goatee. That? I have I have a scruffy face sometimes. Who's the guy like, with the goatee. Oh, that's Nick. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's our partner. He's a great guy. But we, yeah, there are some along. great there are some great videos out there. There's a couple of interesting ones. Like Jim has a video about swearing in the workplace and business succession planning and the power of networking. They're like little videos that and are And how to interview for a manufacturing how job. To, yeah, using hashtags over and social 8, media. Over 8,000 YouTube oh, yada, yada. views. Yeah. Over 8,000, yep. I must have tagged that one really well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- there is additional information there. We're not going to cry if you don't go and look at it and view it, but we want you to know that it's available for you. So Again, Jason, you you had asked me to share with you and the Metalworking Nation some of my onboarding presses at CAR, and I found a news article about onboarding millennials, because let's face it, most of the new skilled and unskilled people that we're hiring into our businesses nowadays are millennials, right? They're a big part of our workforce. I think it's good to have a balance. I think it is good to... Oh, believe me, I'm all about diversity, but... The overarching number of people that are are applying are millennials, so I kind of am structuring this to hiring millennials and onboarding millennials. So number one, four proven ways to successfully onboard millennial employees. One, get on board with pre-boarding. You know when you go away on a plane, there's pre-boarding, get yourself ready, we're going to be boarding Is that like when minutes. they say if you have kids, you can get on first? Right, or if you have any handicaps, or if you're military, pre-boarding, get on. So what do they mean by pre-boarding? It's just teeing up the new employee to a successful employment So like reviewing with- their 
uh, well, there's play, a lot of things. play manual or what? I can actually go into the article and, and tell you exactly what it says. It says, when do you start onboarding your new employees? If you said on their first day, you're onboarding too late in the process. Don't worry, though. It's easy enough to catch up. All you need to do is implement pre-boarding. What is pre-boarding? It consists of activities and outreach that happen after the job candidate has accepted your job offer, but before their first day. Now you've entered into an employment agreement, although the paperwork isn't signed and filed just yet. So it's all- So what kind of things? So traditionally, HR managers, business owners would wait to start onboarding when the new hire arrived in the office. I would imagine it's getting their insurance stuff, all the documentation that you need for state and federal. You can do all that in advance. I would give them the employee handbook. Yeah, we use, a, I would start we use an sh- automated system for that. So like it's a self-service automated system. That's to great. Allow somebody to fill out all their information. So you're doing a good job on pre-boarding your millennial higher, right? Yeah, because millennials in general like to do those things themselves. Right, exactly. They don't want to sit down with HR in a meeting and do it. Number two, begin relationship building. Pre-boarding is part of a larger shift in onboarding and employee development processes. I've got an idea. What's that? What if if you had a, a new employee and let's just say that they're not from the manufacturing industry, maybe they're like a, a new into the shop or maybe they're just in the office or something like that. You know what you could do as part of the relationship building for just the manufacturing industry in general? What's that? Listen to making chips. Well, th- that would definitely help. Absolutely. I've, I've talked to many young people that have just started into the industry and they said, thank you because you're really giving me some insight into what the industry is all about. And I appreciate that. Three, communicate. That's a big one for me. I think it's all about communicate. I I stress communication a lot to my customers, to my vendors, and to my employees because if you're not constantly communicating, you're not going to have a successful relationship. Four, establish a sense of purpose. Millennials want a sense of purpose. They want to feel like they're adding to the the greater good of the company and the greater good of the society. So, Try and establish a sense of purpose for them being there. Those are the four major ones. I got this article. There'll be a link in the newsletter from Jungo HR, J-U-N-G-O-H-R, Four Proven Ways to Successfully Onboard Millennial Employees. It's there. It's dated September 20th, 2019, and it goes into a little greater detail on that. But we're here for me to talk about what I'm doing differently at Car Machine and Tool. So I guess if I thought about the way that I pre-board my employees in the hiring process, first and foremost, that new prospect, the new employee prospect is put through the filter, the cultural filter of Car Machine and Tool. Do they align? Well, that should be done during the interview process. It is. You know, so sh- you is. shouldn't even get to onboarding by the time that that happens. Well, it's part of the pre-boarding process. But what I do is just before I'm ready to hire them, I bring them into my weekly production meeting to see how they engage with all the other people in the company. I have them go out into the shop and just talk to everybody anywhere. From so before you even make them an offer, before they're, they, yeah, they're, they're a part of one of your meetings. Absolutely. 100%. 
because I have to see how they're going to engage with the rest of the people. If they're not, if they're just going to sit there in the corner with their hands folded and not participate, mm-hmm. then they're certainly not aligned with our core values and they're never going to work out. So part of that, and by the time I invite them in to sit, I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. I'm going to make them an offer. Right. So I try to pre-board them with that particular thing. I make them an offer. They say yes. And I, I say, okay, here's how we're going to do this. You're going to start on this day. And I go through the whole process with them. I said, but most importantly, in 30 days, we schedule the 30-day performance review on their first day. I think that's a good idea. Because I, I know with me, a lot of times those performance reviews get a, away from me. Right. And then I just don't do them. And, They're and really important. Get, yeah. So I think scheduling that, that's that's very insightful on that first day. Right. Here's your checklist of things you need to do on the first day and scheduling your 30-day review so is a great I, one. I don't make is it- Is that 30 working days or is it 30 calendar days? A month. Days? So okay. if they start on November 1st, on, De- on December 1st, we- sit down and talk again. Okay. So what I do is I don't make it an arduous process and I don't give them any goal setting in the first 30 days because I just they got to feel what the company's all about. And I think it's really important for them to just to, to feel their way into the company. But we do a lot of hand-holding and a lot of shadowing for the first 30 days because I think it's really important. So then when we hit the 30-day mark, I give them their performance, how they're doing. I've got a pre- about six different questions that we ask. Are they on task, below expectations, on par with expectations, or exceeding expectations? And then I put comments in on how we believe that they're doing. Do you really ever tell somebody that they're below expectations? I have told people that they are. And how do people react to that? Sometimes they're very surprised. And I apologize for doing that, but that's how we see it. It's better probably to get it out of the way it um, is, right away. Because they need to flip it around. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes they can and sometimes they can't. Mm-hmm. But the objective to the 30-day review or performance review is just to let them know that we are taking an active, conscious approach to their success in working for the company and during that first 30 days or this actually the next aspect of it is when we start goal setting. So we want you to learn how to run the Haas machine. We want you to learn how to use the Keyence visual inspection machine. It, it could be anything, and it's really structured for each individual person, but it's 30 days performance review, and then about within a week after that, we give the compensation review. Either we give them an increase or not. After how long? After 30 days. Is that because that was a part of the offer is that you gave them Typically, a lower? Yes. And, why, and why do Be- you do that? Because I have no idea what their true value is. But what, yeah, but most people so, come into a job with an expectation they of, do. of wages. And, right. And so what happened? Have you ever told so, somebody, no, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get that? Yes, uh, okay. I absolutely have. Okay. Absolutely. Because it has to be commensurate with what I believe is happening in the market right now. Well, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like when I make somebody a job offer, I'm making them an offer that I'm assuming they're going to stay at that wage level for the next year. Mm. And, and I would you know, rather I, bring them up based on... Because but then there's almost an expectation that they're going to go up after that first 30 days. Not necessarily. If their performance is not good... How can you give them an an increase? Yeah, that's true. So we measure performance, and we've talked about this with our HR people, Jess. We've talked about it with Carla. And based on how the performance review goes, 
we reward the employee with an increase in compensation. But I don't want to make it all about compensation because it's really a lot about goal setting and learning new skills. And we talk about getting to work on time and missed work. And there's a, there's a lot of things. I have a, a structured thing that I use for everybody. But then after the 60 days, then we do a 90-day performance review slash compensation review. And then after 90, we do maybe six months. And then we do a year. And then after the one-year mark, it's annually. Every time you do that review, somebody could potentially be expecting a raise. They could potentially be expecting a raise. They could. We certainly want to talk about it because at the end of the day, everyone's working to make a living, right? Everyone should expect to be reviewed based on performance and compensation. And I believe that it's really important to do it that often in the early stages so I'm a proponent of splitting up the reviews versus the compensation. So like the performance review and the compensation review are two separate things. Right. How often do you have performance slash compensation reviews in the first year? I, not as often as I should be. And I'm actually, that's one of my new initiatives. I can help as you we with spoke that, about. Jason I would Zager. love some help with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you help me with core values. I can help you with that. I mean, I think I would what I'm do- that. it's not rocket science what I'm doing. I'm going to take took- you up on that, Jim Carr. Yeah, I can do absolutely do that. And then when they get to the one year, hopefully they're integrated well into our system. They know how we work. They know what our expectations are and what their expectations are. And I think it's just really good. Again, going back to that number three bullet about communicating, I just think it's really, really important to sit them down and let them have a voice and get some feedback. And we need to nip it issues in the butt right away, especially when somebody's hired on at the beginning. Yep, How about I you? agree with that. Yeah. I know. I agree. We're not doing it in a formulaic way like you are and in, in as often as you are. And that's one of the changes as we spoke about in a previous episode, because I want to start doing that and being better about it. I think that we've had such extreme growth over the last several years. It's been overwhelming for me to be able to do that, but I think I need to take a step back now and really start getting back into sitting down on a more frequent basis with my team. Yeah, it's important. And you don't necessarily have to do it. You yourself, you can delegate of course, to yeah. somebody yeah. else. Yeah, there's only a few people here that are equipped to be able to have those conversations, particularly Craig, my integrator, and I, right. and, and some others. But I want to be a part of it, and, and I want to set the structure, and maybe you could help me to set the structure for 2020. Yeah. Jim, I know that you have a vast amount of experience from the years in CNC machining, but I do. I for do. For the metalworking nation out there who doesn't have all that experience, or maybe somebody that's in supply chain who wants to learn a little bit more about CNC machining, you know that Zometry has design guides that could be very helpful in their positions. Yeah, I'm utilizing Zometry to manufacture some of my overloaded work and. This is a great introductory page. It's zometry.com forward slash design hyphen guides. And what it does is it goes through the different various offerings they have, like sheet metal fabrication, CNC machine design guide, plastic injection molding, castings, injection molding, yeah, it just laser gets- sintering. So if you don't know what part you have, you can utilize this design guide page on Zometry to kind of figure out where you fall 
in the manufacture of a particular product or application. So it's, it's a great resource to have. And again, it's zometry.com forward slash design hyphen guides. Start there. Anyway, this has been a proven process that I've been using now for about the past three years, and it really seems to be working well. I've had a lot of good retention in my in my shop, and I really believe that the employee feels more connected to the company and to me where they feel they can openly talk to me and, and share in a safe environment what they're doing right and what they're potentially doing wrong or where they could use some improvement or when they, cause we can, I mean, I could use improvements. I agree. Yeah. We're all on this earth for continual improvement. So that's really it, Jason. Did I answer all your questions? No, I think that's good. I think one of the changes that, like I mentioned before, that we need to make in my company is that we need to be more focused on doing those reviews on a more regular basis and doing it in a more formulaic manner. I had always thought doing it every six months would be good, and that's what I was planning on doing. But at the end of the day, as as you would say, what that's going to end up being is about almost 100 reviews that I have to do every single year. And so that's a lot. That's a lot. No, I, I agree. That's arduous. It is. But you'll figure it out. I'm confident. And remember, millennials are a little different breed too. I mean, I grew up in a business where, what do you mean you're going to get a review? Right. Yeah. Just get on the John machine Smith's and make those been parts. been doing really good. He come to work on time all the time. He's, he's doing really good over there on the lathe. Uh, let's give him 15 cents an hour, you know? That's that's how it used to be, and that's all I knew. And honestly, I learned what I'm doing by interviewing professional people outside of our industry that we brought in to interview, and I've kind of adopted those techniques into mm-hmm. my own business. So yep. it's not rocket science like I, I've said before. It's just making those appointments to sit down, creating a short spreadsheet, answering a few questions. And just getting it done. It's very easy for me. I don't have any problems doing it at all. And I actually, quite frankly, I look forward. I, I enjoy those, having those conversations yeah. because you are doing something for that that person in order to help them be better. Yeah. And I think that everybody wants to be better. And you know, when you could be a part of them taking things to the next level, I think that that's a very rewarding thing for the business owner. For here's, the here's one leader. mistake I made. I was giving a performance review and I was sharing with this employee how they were doing on their performance. And we kind of veered off and started talking about another employee. And that employee that I was giving the performance review said, hey, we're talking about X. It's supposed to be about me. And I said, you know what? I genuinely apologize because you're right. It's not about that person. It is about well, you. And some people are don't like to talk about themselves, and they might deflect to somebody else, and you no. bring that back in. Right, right. So that was a learning experience for me, is remember, it's all about that person. I'm giving them 100% of my time mm-hmm. to talk about them and what they're doing. And you've got to be really honed in on that person. That's just one area that I, I would say be cognizant of when you're giving a performance review is not to veer off and start talking about anybody well, so else. So can we put a date on the calendar right now for you to sit down with me and help me with you know you putting sure? a structure together? Okay. Anyway, 
I hope I equipped and inspired you. I look forward to meeting and sharing like you did with me about core values and, and engaging me in core values and the importance of them. I too hope that I can equip and inspire you by sharing what I do with my employees as far as performance compensation reviews on a timely basis. So we'll get that scheduled because at the end of the day, man, if you're not making ships, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time.